0: Hello, everyone. I'm Katie Burke, and welcome to the Sober Creative, where we debunk the myth of the tortured artist. We talk sobriety, creativity, and the practice there within. Falling. Hi, everybody. Uh, happy Sunday morning. Welcome to the Sober Creative. I'm Katie Burke, and I'm so grateful to be here today. Um, so today is art as medicine, and. I know this is an idea that I'm sure everyone has heard and everyone has understood and felt and experienced. I know I personally have and making things and seeing things and reading things has certainly always been a wake up call to truths to like remember what is real. And I guess I use the word real in a way that means true. Like, You hear something that someone has written, you know, hundreds of years ago, and you read it now, and it rings true. And to me, those universal truths are what wake me up out of uh, the self that wants to hold on to things and is scared or acts unskillfully with people, and it kind of lets that fall away when I hear these truths, because they ring so well, they almost reverberate and dissolve things that kind of bog us down so the way I think about these truths is I think they exist in a lot of ways and I think that we can bring them into the world in lots of different ways and one way that like I see truth show up is in dreams and I'm not talking about um, dreams where you are like a prophetic dreams I'm talking about the symbology and the archetypes and like, how do we have dream dictionaries? How do they all end up talking about the same things? Like when you see a wallet, how does it consistently consistently mean your worth? Stuff like that. The symbology is so ingrained in us. And I think it's just incredible that the mind literally creates poetry to process things. I mean, that's, that's got to be the most beautiful and universal thing about the mind is how it how it uses symbology and poetry to tell stories to help us get through something same with like multiple personality disorders when the the brain is under such trauma these survivors instead of breaking like really breaking they the mind creates these separate people A- and it's just the most resilient incredible thing and uh, and of course as someone who loves stories it's like each of these people has a story because it's processing some different part of the psyche it's it's mind-blowing and it's 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 so resilient and I I think that like our minds deserve like we demonize the mind a lot but it deserves such credit to be this machine that makes meaning out of things so that we don't lose our shit and it's so important to remember because I know a lot of people are like, and myself too, is like the mind's going to tell you all this stuff and it's going to tell you that you're not enough and all this other stuff to to keep you safe and all this stuff and it will, will hate on the mind. But yes, it is there to protect us first. It is there to protect us. And so these truths and the truths that we get from art and interaction and to me like sobriety lends itself to uh, more connectivity what we get from these connections that we make is the dissolving of the stuff that is around the mind that helps us that protects us but keeps us from seeing like the real thing like truth is like when you ring a bell and it's the only thing going on that's what it's like and everything else that is that is so scared and cloaked in like stuff and specifics all that stuff falls away so when you see a symbol it's not the symbol you're seeing over and over again it's the truth that rings from the symbol is what uh is being explored and what is resonating So I believe that art and these truths, because to me they're kind of the same, are what dreams – like dreams are the processing of this truth and this art and this medicine. And so if I'm writing a song about babies, let's say I'm writing a song about babies and – um My song that I receive, if we're both writing a song about babies, and that's what we put out there, my song is going to have something about my baby being a victim, maybe. You know, crying all night when the parents come and soothe her. Because that's just like my filter is through this, maybe this pain filter or this victimhood filter. Someone else might write a song about a baby and process the truth of whatever it is that they're, you know, receiving. And put the baby on a swing. And the joy of being on a swing and back and forth and back and forth. And what's beautiful is that both of these two things that we have, you know, brought into the world are medicine. And my medicine is going to speak to those who are in the place that need that medicine. And that medicine from the baby on the swing song is going to, you know, speak to the person that needs that medicine. So none of it is wrong. It just resonates and rings for everybody else the part where the medicine is cloaked is when maybe when I get into thinking more about my audience while I'm making something and more about the market all these other things that are about the stuff rather than the bell the bell of truth that is ringing that is reverberating that Woke me up to make this thing today. The more I answer to that, the more resonant the piece of work is going to be, and the more I can be available and see clearly, you know, through sober work, then the more I'm have the choice to be true to the reverberating of the thing. And I still have all my conditioning in the way. I mean, that's part of my fingerprint as an artist, anyways. All the conditioning I have, but I'm able to like make actual choices that answer to the totem of the bell of truth without things like alcohol and drugs kind of skewing my vision. Um, So art is medicine. Dreams are the processing of, of these medicinal qualities. And we can wake up from a dream and we can wake up to a song and we can wake up to wanting to call someone like it's all kind of this receptivity is what is so incredibly helpful because with receptivity comes connectivity and with connectivity comes this sense of safety and peace and in while drinking I never or I would feel peace but it was unsustainable it was like you finally get enough drinks where you're like smooth and chilling but it was fabricated. It was imposed upon by this thing because I I didn't know how to get there to that point of peace without drinking. And it was like how I became more receptive was through drinking. It's just a vehicle for whatever you want. And so like when I had Mikey on the podcast the other week and he was talking about, you know, take a look at, how you become when you are under the influence of whatever it is, it's it's what you want. So if like, it made me think about my personal experience of how I became like more sexually oriented when I was drunk. It's because I, and if I looked at what's that medicine telling me, it's telling me that I want to feel loved or I want to feel wanted or I want to feel sexy. And I wasn't cultivating like those parts of my sexuality in my daily life, and so alcohol allowed me to be that. For some people, it might be anger. You know, they drink so they can get angry. They don't know that they're drinking to get angry, but they happen to get angry when they drink because they don't get to express it or they feel like they can't express it sober. So the medicine is, is the drink, is the medicine is anger, and they, they need that more balanced, like, in their lives. So not only is sobriety and art the medicine, but honestly, like, the information we get from using is also medicine. And I'm not about necessarily – I mean, I love psychoanalyzing stuff, but, like, my teachers have taught me that being with the feelings is is deeply impactful. And, like, figuring everything out, because we're all just figuring out machines, might not be the best route toward figuring, you know – discovering your medicine and but but I think it's also really valid to like take a look at the patterns of what happens when I would use and then be like oh I I guess I really just want this like what does it actually need is such a helpful thing I have this theory that sobriety itself will untangle you kind of no matter what so it's like it's like when people sleep, their bodies are actually relaxed. Some of them twitch to get rid of like impulses they've inhibited throughout the day, you know, body parts will twitch or what have you. But while you sleep, the, the body wishes to unfurl naturally. And I think while we're drinking or using what what's trying to happen is we're trying to unfurl you know, I mean, yes, literally, some people are like, I just want to (laughs) unwind. I just want to unwind, you know, and so we use alcohol as a way to unfurl, but it actually just creates more, more knots, because we're watering down our receptivity to what is, and we're trying to create a new reality, but it's unsustainable, and it's not based on beliefs and characteristics and habit. It's based on falsehoods, and like, not seeing clearly literally so I have this theory that I came to like after my first year that I was like oh my god I just feel like I'm a completely different person now that I'm not using and what I found is I even if I was doing no work on myself you know because I'm I got a pretty high standard on high work ethic and be different get better blah 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 and that's part of a sickness you know (laughs) but It's like I could do nothing. I could just stay sober and I would have been unfurled somehow over all this time because there are things that I haven't touched in my psyche. There's things, moments in my life that I haven't worked with, but they feel lighter because there's a natural detangling process in sobriety. There's like this natural processing that occurs when I practice sobriety over an amount of time that gives that finds medicine in places I didn't know and it soaks these hurts in this natural medicine of the body that is not being soaked in something else now it finds the medicine it finds light it finds just answers and so You know, maybe the knots are all just questions and they find some answers while I'm processing. And, you know, this could all just be me trying to make meaning out of things. But truly, I I really felt that all the stuff that felt so much heavier became lighter naturally because I wasn't stopping the process from happening. Like, time heals all. Great. It really can if I stay out of the way of that healing process, and so, of course, the things I'm giving my attention to, like my personal relationships and how I relate with um, you know, intimate relationships, and I can look at that till I'm blue in the face and try to, try to help that processing along, and that'll work and not work, but there are things that, like grief, that I might not have been ready to process, but by the time I am, there's already been all this processing, just from being around, actually being here, does the body and the mind and the memory and the hurt such good? You could do nothing, you could make nothing, you could be a part of nothing, but just by staying out of the way for a year, the sobriety like heals something. And it's not, it doesn't take work. The work all goes into the ferocity and the effort to stay in this moment rather than escape and like try to get tangled rather than stay loose, you know, and like permeable and vulnerable. So when we're moved to make something, it feels as if it's already there And sometimes it doesn't feel like it's already there. But then once I get to the end of it, I'm like, oh, my God, I guess that was already there. So if dreams are the truth and art is the truth and it's all this stuff that's kind of waiting to be taken through our vessel, then it's already done. And so I'm just kind of discovering it as it comes out. So, like, I'll sit on the guitar. I have something to say. I have no idea what it is, um, but I feel moved to touch the guitar and cry or... Or I just feel like strumming a certain way and it creates laughter and and then a riff happens and then some sounds happen and they turn into words and then all of a sudden it's this story and I'm finding out about this woman who's telling her husband to please not go to the job that he hates so much. They'll figure out another way because he has to get so drunk before he gets there and then he, you know, gets physically violent with her before he leaves or when he comes home because he just hates his job. He hates his job so much and it causes him to look for medicine in ways that doesn't help him and this is all because I sat down at the guitar and it was like a little dark out and I just wondered what had to be said and that's what came out. The fact that I can see the pictures and I know these people and I feel for these people and they make me cry and they make me soothe and feel soothed like that kind of connectivity with this stuff is such medicine to me it makes me feel like I'm a part of a group (laughs) like making things it feels as if I'm it's already been processed by the time it hits the impulse in me to want to make something it feels as if the truth is already there it's just in the back of me and so I get to make it and then find out the truth. And then that's well—that's where the surprise comes in, even though it's like it feels as if the surprise is only a surprise to me, but all the forces at work, you know, it's no news to them. It's like I got to make this thing. And it doesn't feel holy in the way that's like I'm this messiah of making things. It just feels connected. It just feels like I'm a part of something. And I don't know about you, but I have certainly – always wanted to feel like i belong and i didn't necessarily make stuff to belong i make stuff to feel my own voice and understand myself better because i feel like i grew up caring so much about what other people thought the medicine for me was to be alone and not listen to what other people thought and you know that was a huge part of like my drinking and drug use was to just hear myself because I was, like, so permeable to others' opinions, which I have a whole episode about in Time and Space. But um, the the connectivity I get from being with work is, like, a very healthy connectivity where I'm not, where, yes, I am in almost, like, the servitude of this truth bell that I want to ring in myself and have ring and resonate in me, and that's how I know I'm kind of finished or have done justice to a uh, a work. But there is something else going on and no matter what happens after this process the the untangling process the the dissolving process of like what else it's kind of like having a a a death where it's like after i make stuff things become clear and i remember what's important and it's not that this song is important (laughs) I mean, it is because it's medicine to somebody and it's medicine to me in the moment. But what's important is like connection, love, being heard, hearing, listening, love, love, peace. God, everything is, you know, this serenity. I get that after I make stuff. And that is priceless to me. And it it reminds me that whatever happens after the making of the thing is is kind of irrelevant. Of course I care. Of course I want to be this super necessary person and famous and lovely. And, you know, those things crack me up and, like, crack me out <laughs> and make me so hungry. And they also, you know, are a joke. It's But right after I make something, that piece of completion and and like understanding of the real order of things which is that there is no order it's like there's just connectivity we're all wanting the same thing and the stories that I make teach me that and then I bring that out into the world having gotten the medicine from the thing and then I live that medicine and then people then get both my medicine which is the thing that I make and that can be medicine to someone which is why it's so necessary to share your stuff but then also my embodiment of that medicine that the thing gave me so then it's just double over so when we first get sober we might have all these feelings that we have that are the human condition that is medicine the grief that I'm feeling is medicine by me expressing my grief it's double medicine and then i get to embody the grief i get to know the grief and i get to walk with it with this holding and more kindness and caring capacity and then the grief is also in print or in performance out there for someone else to experience if they can't get me embodying my grief they'll get this thing so it's all an opportunity to embody some part of the human condition and You know, if grief is medicine, then like what happens right after you take an Advil? You're like, okay, I'm my headache's gonna go away. What if I thought about my grief like that? Okay, here's the grief. Relief is on the horizon because this is medicine. This is taking me from A to B. It's a vehicle from A to B. There's something that is wishing to expand. There's something that's opening in me, and it wants to use grief to do it so then hold the grief because it's taking you somewhere it is medicine so when we first get sober like good lord the amount of um amazing opportunities i had to feel the human condition in ways that i hadn't in years they were all they were all opportunities to feel more medicine and it's like we're fed medicine all the time in our daily life and the more we're open to it, and instead of saying, I can't do this, I can say, how is this asking me to expand? And I tell everybody this, like if I'm doing a song or if I'm at work, I, I, I've created this habit where something gets hard, I immediately feel the impulse to be like, fuck this. I'm not doing this. This is so dumb or terrible or whatever. And then some other part of me, which is louder and louder now will be like, but now it happens before I even finish the sentence. I I will literally be singing a song and I'll be like, this is so fucking, I'm going to keep going. Like I will change (laughs) mid sentence because I don't even need to finish that thought or give power to that thought. It's just switch the pattern, just switch the pattern to this is medicine. Why do I need this? What wants to expand in me? Where am I being asked to expand? And it, changes the game because then everything is for us and even if that's not true it's a very empowering belief and I've had so many disempowering beliefs in my life it's like why not choose one that totally serves me at all times it is rooted radically in acceptance how am I being asked to expand what's the medicine here you know That is total acceptance and uh, acceptance and then turning it into a vehicle for something that has a forward foot choice rather than like a back foot choice or a drowning choice. So the last thing I want to talk about is the idea of community. So like you know, the whole idea of drug addiction and alcoholism and all these, like, uh, Overeaters Anonymous and sex and love addicts and these groups that they have since AA are incredible because they're rooted in, like, the tribe. They're rooted in people um, being together and being seen and heard and connecting. And they've done research about how being there for someone, like sponsorship, uh, lights up the same parts of the brain as drugs and alcohol do and it's all just connectivity and so you know sometimes i've i've said this before where people will say like oh you're i'll i'll use the word alcoholic or i won't or it is interesting you know like using that word because i don't particularly care for the word because i don't like the idea that you know you'll be in aa meetings and sometimes they'll talk about Well, that's just my alcoholic brain doing the thing. And it just feels like this doomsday episode kind of constantly. And I don't think that's the case. I think it's we do things and we don't do things. And there's all these choices, but I just haven't seen all the choices my whole life. So if we take a look at sobriety and art and like the tortured artist, the the thing of the thing, like the actual thing of the thing, when I put pen to paper or whatever my medium is, that is not torturous that is not a thing that will like drive me insane it's my relationship to what i'm doing and i think that a lot of the the torture can come from obviously you know addictions because there's some part of us that does not want to expand with the medicine we're being given the grief the suffering the joy The serenity. Like, that shit's uncomfortable. After years of, uh, like, no peace and much anxiety, feeling peace felt so uncomfortable. I thought I was doing something wrong. I thought I was boring. I thought I was losing my sense of vigor for life if something intense was not happening. So that's all just a relationship to what is. That's not what's actually happening. I'm creating that chaos in the mind to keep that familiar chaos going and so you know chaos is just a habit it's just a habit and even when there's no chaos going on and I'm not saying that people who live in ridiculously terrifying conditions are like in a habit you know I'm saying there is a way to create you know peace in the mind and it doesn't have to be through artificial means Uh, like, drugs and alcohol to, like, escape the chaos. Because even when I'm not in chaos, I would permit the chaos to be the norm because it was so comfortable. And the more that I found in community, I saw that chaos was unnecessary for a, uh, a life full of vigor and vitality. And even ferocity and kindness I was able to let go of the chaos because I saw it I didn't need it to like win you know to get what I wanted to get to do things that I, I thought I couldn't do without it so chaos was just another drug to give up and I won't get off the ship even if it's sinking until I know that the next boat is gonna do something different for me I'll go down with this damn ship with the holes in the ship because it's familiar I gotta know that other boat is not sinking and that's where community comes in. That's why AA got it right. That's why all these groups got it right. Because for the tortured artist, community cuts it off at the knees. I see connectivity. I am more likely to experience connectivity and joy and even appreciation if I'm with others than if I am alone. It's like a natural hiccup in the chaos (laughs) um, reality is connection because it, it can't, it can't survive. Like the chaos and the connection, like can't survive to get the true connection. Everything kind of goes quiet and like you feel, you know, the sense of relief and like nothing else can kind of exist while that's existing in that, you know, one moment and the way that all these groups have gotten together It creates a space where more connectivity can occur so more kind of trust in the process can also occur. And the more I show up and see other people thriving or even just doing well, I feel like it's possible. And so we have a leg up. Like people who identify as addicts and have all this specific addict stuff that we go to, these meetings, these sponsorships, you know, we're lucky because we have an excuse to go to these things, but everyone deserves this community. That's why I love the meditation center that I go to because it's a natural community for people who just want kind of space from their mind to go. It's nothing to do with being an addict. But we're all addicts. And there's a lot of, like, misuse of the word because when I think of addict, I think of um someone who's, like, you know, shooting or drinking or smoking or eating. And it's... um people who like can't help themselves or feel totally helpless uh, out of power and in obedience of this thing but really we all obey the mind so often in a day to act this way like do this thing to feel okay so if someone yells at you at work right and you feel like shit you're obeying the mind that's an addiction right there you're totally allowed to feel hurt 100% what I'm saying is You feel like shit. It changes your day. You keep walking with it. You throw it on somebody else. That's all you obeying the mind that things are not all right. What really happened was this person went blah, 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 and you felt like shit. But this person just – if they were speaking in another language, would you know what they were saying? Would you know – You know, you might get the gist of it, but you'd be like, I don't really get it. He was just yelling at me like I don't understand. And it wouldn't like affect you. But because you're identifying with what they're saying, because you're identifying with how they're saying it, and you're making it personal, all that is identity with the mind. And all that can be quieted with these practices of meditation, with this practice of sobriety from they did this, which means I feel this way. There's this huge amount of choice in the middle where we get to kind of choose our fate at every moment. And that's why community is so awesome because we can watch these epiphanies happen in other people. And then the more we hear it, the more we absorb it, the more we can start applying it in our own lives. And the last thing I want to say about medicine is, you know, besides that artist medicine, dreams are medicine, the truth is the medicine. And that we're all kind of like devouring it and uh, expelling it in all these beautiful ways that you are somebody's medicine and that I am. We're all put here together, I truly believe, because we all have medicine for somebody else. And the more I am true to myself, and that's such a crazy term because, you know, what does that mean? But, like, the more I relish in what I am, no matter what the judgment is about it, yelled at this person I cheated on this person I gave that person a hug when they were down in the dumps like none of it makes me good or right um me giving this person five bucks me driving this person all the way to the other side of the ocean you know from from east coast to west coast doesn't make me good or right it's like what matters is it do I have kindness behind the eyes you know uh and even that doesn't matter it's like none of it is right or wrong. If you take all that shit off, it's exactly how you are is medicine to somebody, even the shit that you call wrong. I know someone who's very superior (laughs) or like they go to superiority when they're in a group to like, that's their, you know, coping mechanism is like, they are superior. They know more than everybody, they're other. And when I'm in a group, for such a long time, I chose inferiority to kind of relate. I would make jokes, be the jokester, la, la, I might lead, but I would mostly, like, make fun of myself. Or, or, you know, if someone came at me with this thing, I would find them combative, and I would become this underdog and, like, be scared or sad. Inferiority. The person who I know who finds superiority as their go-to, though unskillfully at times, or had had in the past unskillfully used superiority to relate, That's medicine to me because guess what there's a middle line that is like your true being when it's free from all these like coping mechanisms and conditionings and complexes and it just is and is in total like acceptance that's like available I'm under the line with my inferiority and watching and hearing about the medicine of even the unskillful acts my friend who loves superiority or was like habitually attracted to superiority. Even hearing about those acts fed me and has fed me to the line of the actual middle. So it's like I can, my, my half empty cup, I've been able to like fill up with not being a dick, not superiority, but the idea that I'm noticing my pattern of inferiority more by learning about someone's superiority. And so I'm learning this fine middle because of community. And that's because someone is honest and vulnerable about how they feel better than other people when they walk in a room. And to me, that's so foreign because I always feel like I'm less than everybody <laughs> in the room. But even though their thing might not be right, you know, I don't think it's – I'm learning that it's not either one right or wrong. It's just like what's fucking happening. It's still medicine. medicine. So even if you're using over and over and over, I just want to cry because like, I always thought that my hiccups and relapses and like why I couldn't get over this hump of staying sober for long enough, I always thought that I was doing something wrong, but that's all medicine for me and for somebody else. So even all of our things that we deem as wrong are perfect. They're perfect for somebody. Somebody needs to hear that. Somebody needs to know that about you. And so nothing's off, nothing being off limits is the greatest gift of community and the greatest gift of like sober communities because we're so much all about full disclosure, you know? And the mo- I want to create more groups like that because the more we can like share all the, all the stuff, I have no idea where my radical honesty is going to land in somebody else, and you know, my teacher, I was inspired because he would talk about certain parts of himself that, you know, were unskillful, but they would feed me in such a way because he wasn't judging them anymore, and he talked about my stuff that I felt was unskillful as being of service to him, and we didn't judge any of the parts. It's like if we're all these kind of puzzle pieces, whatever I got fits whatever you got, whatever you got fits whatever I got, you know, and I'm sure it's more complex than that, but sometimes it feels that simple. Oh my God, I wish I was like this. You do this, I wish I was like that. No, appreciate that part of them and let it be medicine, dude. Like be grateful I'm around these people that have things that I wish to harbor in myself. Instead of saying, God, why don't I have that? I can say, wow, I'm so grateful someone has that. Thanks for showing me that that's available to me. Thanks for being that. That is such medicine to me. Because the way that I am perfectly in all of my inferiority underdog shit is totally medicine to somebody. However you are is medicine. And it's not about about getting better even. It's about being available to what is and having a relationship to what is that isn't making us like crazy, you know? If what is is totally okay, then what kind of freedom that makes available to me? That's actual freedom. If how I am is a thousand percent okay and even beyond that, even medicine to somebody, that's freedom. That's permission to be totally myself. That's permission to talk about everything. And I think when I can totally unravel myself with people, unfurl as I always wanted to through alcohol, the more I can do that in a sober way, it's like the more sustainable and actually the more resonant it is. So, art as medicine, community as medicine, self, you know, being totally honest as medicine. These are all beautiful things that are totally available to us now in sobriety and in using. (laughs) You keep using over and over again. You keep relapsing. Share it. Talk about it. Someone needs to hear that. You know, you've been sober 20 years. Someone needs to hear that. And then, you know, this is just one category of like sobriety and using and escape and all that stuff you know, there's your whole life to look at. So look at where your medicine is and share it with someone today. Share it with someone this week. Share it with me. I want to hear about it. I want to hear about you. I want to hear about your medicine, you know. Um, thank you so much for listening today. It's been a really lovely time talking to you. Um, you can always get at me at com, and, uh, email me, um, please subscribe and like and rate the podcast so that more people can find it and so that you also get notifications when the episode comes out every week. Um, I love you so much, and I hope you have an incredible day.